So come, whether you have much faith or little, have tried to follow or are afraid you failed. Come, because it is his will that those who want to meet him might meet him here. Welcome to From the Narthex, a podcast about faith, life, and Anglicanism. This is your host, Jin, along with Ryan. And today on the podcast, uh, we have Wilson Akmali. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wilson is a postulant for ordination here in the Diocese of Rupertsland and also an intern here at St. Thomas Weston. Wilson moved to Winnipeg from Nigeria almost eight years ago and is just finishing up his MDiv at Wycliffe Seminary. Welcome, Wilson. Well, thank you for having me, Jean and Ryan. <laughs> Thank you for being here. So Wilson, uh, the, a big part of this podcast uh, is looking at what faith means to various people. Um, some people have a very strong relationship with faith and it means a certain thing to them. Some people have no relationship to faith. Um, and so we're looking at just finding out from as many people as possible what faith means to them. So I turn that to you, Wilson. What does faith mean to you? When I say faith, what does that bring up for you? Well, thank you very much, Ryan and uh, Jean, for being on the show with you today. Um, good question. What does faith mean to me? Um, I will say that in Anglican church, let me start from that because being an Anglican, once an Anglican, it's always an Anglican, right? All right. So you see up that blood in you and Faith to me is what we say at the end of every service, every worship. Glory to God, whose power is working in us, can do more effectively what can imagine, think or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. That is my own definition of faith because when I think about faith, I think about Jesus. And when I think about faith, I think about having a relationship with God, believing in somebody that you can trust, you can build that trust, you can have a relationship with, you can talk to somebody that you believe that is listening, that even you can see him, you feel his presence, and you are able to communicate with him. And he is able to communicate with you through the word or sermon or, um, you know, uh, evangelism or using people for you. So that is my own understanding of faith. Uh, it's all about Jesus because I can't think outside of Jesus without relating it to faith in him or faith in God or faith in Jesus. So basically, that's my own understanding of faith. And when I think about that, I always relate it to what we say. Glory to God, whose power is working in us, can do more infinitely, more than we can ever think or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus. Amen. What Amen. is that power that works in us? I believe in Jesus Christ because in him we have the faith. And this is what has been carrying us carrying us on as church from generation to generation. And I think I am part of that. So, so, so what, so you say faith in Jesus, 
is that right. like uh like what what does that mean is that like a kind of a trust or a belief or does it have something to do with this power that's in you or it, it is trusts it is belief um let me start because you can't believe in something you don't trust right so i believe in jesus and i trust him and that is who makes my faith work right so can i maybe just point your attention to something here like yeah. if i can quickly um abraham in the old testament we read it for abraham that abraham believed god and it was counted to him as righteousness so because he trusted god that was why that is why he is counted to him as righteousness so i believe in god because i am that fruit as well i believe in god and that belief is based on trust in jesus and i believe because of that i will be justified with this faith because i have that trust in god i really like hearing other people like i think i said this before in the last few episodes um but people have very elaborate answers for this right <laughs> i still have yet to think of mine um <laughs> <laughs> but moving forward um can you tell us a little bit about your church background um have you always been anglican and why anglicanism Thank you for that question. Good one. Uh, I have been a credit Anglican all my life. Um, I was born in Nigeria, um, Western Nigeria, from a town called Abiokuta. Meaning means uh, of the city, a city under the rock, because once you, you enter the city, you see rocks everywhere. And there is a symbol to that. So I grew up there i you know my dad being an anglican priest in the church of nigeria anglican communion and um since i was born i've been part of the anglican tradition all my life and growing up in the church i remember following my dad to church to ring the bell to prepare for eucharist and sometimes to assist him to mix the wine, you know, and there is this um, um, Holy Communion wine um, that's a traditional one. Sometimes if you couldn't get anything from um, from um, Canterbury, because normally they sent some to Church of Nigeria back in the days then, uh, he has to make some local wines uh, for Eucharist, which he keeps, you know. So I assist him to do that. And sometimes I read, in our local language, uh, the Bible, which we call Bibili in Yoruba. Um, Yoruba is a um, um, Western language in Nigeria. Um, yeah, so Anglicanism has been part of me um, and it's been, that's the way I grew up singing in the choir and um, um, following my dad everywhere he was going to preach and um, teaching me some lessons while we're in the car. I remember him having hold uh, Bidu, you know, that small car, um, like Volkswagen, uh, back in the days in Nigeria, and um, following him from 
one rural community the other about church about uh, and why we in the car we told me that i don't know what's ahead of you son maybe you find yourself in this room i mean i would call that prophecy just uh, remain faithful to him believe in god have faith in him have a relationship with god don't be judgmental be nice to people read the scripture when you are down, sing him to yourself, read the Psalms, and all these things is so the carryover of what I have as part of me right now as the daily office. I do my daily office now because of so what I've I've grown up to do. So, yeah, it's that is um, all I can say in a nutshell about uh, Anglicanism, how I grew up. That 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 is uh, such a beautiful story, Wilson. I I you've you've told me uh, before about following your dad to church to ring the bell for church. And, and obviously that's <laughs> a really important part of like your childhood growing up. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 I, so I, I wonder though, so sometimes um, of course the Anglican church came to Nigeria through, you know, alongside British colonialism. Sure, and I think sure. sometimes our listeners might uh, wonder about mm why somebody from Nigeria that was colonized by the British Empire and kind of um, converted that way, why do you continue to hold on to this faith? Like what, what has your family found uh, in Anglicanism and in Christianity that has said, you know what, despite how the church may have got here, this mm. is actually really true. And, you know, clearly from your testimony, it is the, the most meaningful and, and important part of your life so yes. i just wonder what what how you've reflected on that thank you very much this is a very very good question and if you allow me i will take time to explain to you a short history here you see the anglican church in nigeria the first anglican church in nigeria was built in our hometown in abeokuta oh cool the first church in nigeria the first cathedral in Nigeria, you can, it's online, you can Google it, the first church in Nigeria, it should just bring out the Anglican Church of St. Peter's, Ake Abeokuta. That is my hometown. And Christianity came to that town in mid-1800, I think 1843 or thereabouts when they came. And it was at that time when they came, because they first arrived in Lagos, you know, Lagos is on the coast, yeah. When they arrived, um, so they, they arrived there, and at that time there was still this uh, tr slave trade. And when missionary came, when the chaplains, they all came. They were looking for community to receive them. Now, uh, because of slave uh, trade, at that time there was kind of resistance yeah. in Padagri, which is on 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 the on the coast. So they were looking for communities, mm -hmm. and they were able to enter our community, our town. And our our high chief at that time, his name is Shodeke, received them. Some locals, like local community, resisted them. But this high chief said, they brought a religion we don't know. You have your own religion. You have your own traditional way of worshiping. They brought something we don't know. Why don't you accept them? And that was how Christianity came to stay. So that was the foundation of Christianity, of uh uh, in Abeokuta and Anglican Church or Anglicanism in Nigeria. 
the later who went to Lagos, I mean, to build um, the cathedral, but that of our hometown was the first one. And that was where my father started his own history ministry under um, Archbishop Howells from back in the days then, you know, he was a, um, Archbishop Howells was a British uh, uh, bishop from, um, from England. Right. So that was how he started his training as a, as a from being a catechist to his school, primary school teacher. Then he now went to the seminary. He now traveled to England to study and came back to Nigeria and started uh, pastoral work from one church to the other. So for me as a family, it's very difficult for us to tell our own story as a family without talking about our faith and without talking about Anglican church, which has been part of us. And it's a tradition in our family. If you go to our, even look at our village, it's the town now anyways, um, you see an Anglican church, St. Paul's Anglican church in our town. If you go to a bigger city where I grew up, you will see an Anglican, you see Anglican churches everywhere. We have Catholic church, we are, but we have Anglican churches everywhere. So, yeah, and our local church, our our church in, in our hometown now, in Abekuta, where I grew up, St. John's Anglican Church is one of the biggest church. When I say biggest, it's not like in terms of land, but in terms of the tradition, the rich Anglican tradition there that people will reckon with um, now. So I can, there's hardly any, I want to talk about my family without mentioning Anglicanism, about our faith and about our tradition. It's all related together because my grandfather, who was the first uh, king of our town, was a lay reader in Anglican church. Okay. So, yeah, so he was a lay reader was in Anglican church. Well, also an eye chief and a king. So we all talk about faith, about church, about Anglican church and all that. And that's all that we, that we grew up to know. That's why I'm very passionate about Anglicanism and Anglican church. That's that's fascinating, right? Hmm. So um, you came, you came to Canada uh, about eight years ago. Right. What uh, what inspired you and your family to move here? Uh, good question. <laughs> that's another good question. Yeah. Um, you see, after I left in university, I did my first degree in Nigeria in university in English and literature. So I worked briefly, I moved from our hometown to the city, just like moving from like Winnipeg to Toronto. So I moved from a city like Abeokuta to Lagos. And I worked briefly as a journalist in the media. I worked in with the Guardian newspaper, Nigeria. And um, after like a year or two thereabouts, then I, work with a women development center like NGO. Then we used to get, um, get some funding from MacArthur Foundation, Ford Foundation uh, to assist and support local women for art artisan and trade. Then I moved into aviation. Aviation uh, took part of my time. I was trained as a um, flight executive in flight operations, uh, like 
what we call here our hairline um, steward or cabin executive or cabin crew. So yeah, or flight attendant. So, and um, I did that for well over 10 years and I which have afforded me opportunity to travel to so many countries from Nigeria to Europe to South Asia and including India to the Middle East. So, and then um, I wanted to, this fascinated me and I wanted to say, oh, I wanted to go to a place that will be diverse and multicultural. And um, I have friends who were complaining some of the challenges we're facing in Nigeria. And I have some friends in Canada who said, I want you to come to Manitoba and Winnipeg. We are diverse and multicultural. And with your experience in aviation, you'll be able to fit in very well because you have you are well-traveled, you've been to so many countries, you have met people, you have you've eaten their food, and you have interacted with them, so it will afford you such opportunity to grant yourself in the culture here. Yeah, so, and that was how we started around 2010, um, and um, our final destination is uh, Manitoba, and we started under the provision of many program, which um, gave us the opportunity to work here um, to apply. So I apply as uh, a flight uh, attendant uh, uh, um, to work with, uh, I mean, if possible, if I can work with Air Canada or any local airline here. And that was how I was taken in. And then my family as well, we all I, I discussed with, with my wife and we both agreed that this is good. And then uh, the kids too, they were young and but at the same time, they are looking for opportunities and how they can grow and we can also grow, but not um, pushing aside my faith because as of this time, I have already started leading congregational fellowship and Sunday school teaching in our local parish in Lagos. And um, uh, since I... Uh, got a call in 2007, August, to go into the ministry. And um, I was doing that along the side of uh, working and at the same time attending to church and being very participatory and active in, in, in the church um, community. So we arrived in Canada um, almost eight years ago, and um, we we have to find our roots. We have to find, go back to our tradition, what we know, and um, we're able to, it's a church uh, community uh, up, um, in, in, in Fort Richmond, Winnipeg uh, South, and yeah, so here we come. Yeah. So, so tell us a bit more about your, um, you said, so you moved here in about 2013, but you'd received- Yes, early 2013. Yeah, but you'd received your call to ministry in 2007. Can you tell us a bit about, um, just very briefly, how you experienced that call? Yeah, you see, that call was, I mean, till today, I think I was telling somebody on Saturday about this one. It's really unique to me. And until tomorrow, I still think about it, how it started August 27. I I was already active in church, uh, just like the way I've been since my childhood. And um, there was this song that came, 
all to my by myself in the middle of the night. Um, Jesus calls us in in our common prayer is I think four three two. Um, and Jesus called na 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 na. You know something like that came, and um, I, I felt so uncomfortable with that. Uh, like this is strange. And um, God took me to that particular hymn in a local hymn book that night. I sang it and I re now re remember what dad used to say. If it is time for you to sing, you feel like singing. If it's not feel inspired to sing, sing about it. I sang it, you know, joyfully. And in the morning I woke to church and I told our local priest about it. They said, God is calling you now. You have to answer him now. You may not be thinking about this before, but now that you recognize that voice through the hymn that he brought to your mind, then it is the time to go. But you know one thing? I'm not going to push anything. Maybe you have to go right away to seminary, but you need to allow God to minister to you about how your journey will be. And I remember the following weekend, I had to drive down all the way to the uh, to, uh, to the city to meet my dad and told him about what I received. And my dad asked me to kneel down. And he put his hand on me, on my head, and he prayed for me. And he was praying in his prayer. He said, oh, Lord, this is your child. I don't know what you have in stock for him, but whatever you have in stock for him, show him the way, lead him to the right place. And he has chosen to follow you, guide him because he believes in you, he trusts in you. And that was it. My father kept quiet for some time and he said, I should open my eyes. And he now said, I want to tell you this, you don't need to rush about anything. Maybe you want to go to seminary now. I think God is telling me to let you know that there is something ahead of you, which I don't know as your father, but he will reveal to you. And then Canada was the least thing on my mind at that time, 2007 to 2010. I mean, yeah, so, and that was it. I went back, I came back to Lagos. I told my, my wife about what my dad said. And, and she said, you know one thing? God, we always have his way. I keep trusting and believing in him. And um, until I continued with what I was doing in the church, I wasn't rushing about anything. I was just being patient. And I told God, I remember when I was driving back to Lagos, I told God, I said, God, help me to just keep trusting you and to keep having that faith in you so that I, I, I don't get derailed along the way. So, so when we came to Canada, I remember before, after our first service here, we got to know with our community here. And that morning, I can testify to that very boldly and clearly. I was asking God, what about this ministry you called me? Since 2007, this is 2013. You are not even saying anything. You are not even thinking, and I want to serve you. I love you. I, I want to give my time to you and all that. And that voice came that morning, the vision is for an appointed time. Though it may tarry, it will come to pass. 
That was the voice I heard that Sunday morning, preparing for church. And um, after that, I waited. Vision is an appointed time to come. So our bishop, our retired bishop, Bishop Don came to our parish one uh, the following Sunday. And you know that was the first time I would meet him. And uh, I told him about it. He said, oh, you have to start from your parish. And I said, I think I know that. And that was how we started. And so the journey up to now, thankful, uh, keep trusting and happy doing it. <laughs> right. Wonderful. Yeah. So it's been it's been a wonderful experience since 2007. If I tell people, I like, like still tell some of my friends, and some of my friends say, "You are still on this journey." I say, if you want to work with God, you have to be patient, and that is where trust and faith comes in. If you want to go back to the first question, that if you know that you love God, then you have to trust Him. You have to have faith in Him, and let me tell you, all along through the way. I've seen him, I've seen people coming to help, um, trusting that this is the hand of God in this situation, and this is what he wants me to do, this is how he wants me to do, how I, I should go about it. So by 2014, Ryan, when I met you at St. Margaret Anglican Church, remember for that, yeah. um, uh, to register on the uh, Wycliffe College and Ecclesia University project uh, with St. John's College, you know, that was when I met um, the Reverend David, and um, that was how I, I started here with the Anglican Church of Canada. Yeah. Okay. So was that? Uh, so just for for our listeners, um, I think in our in our first episode uh, with uh, Reverend Bonnie Dowling, I I mentioned the Ecclesial University project, and I just yeah. didn't explain what that was at all. But that was a a, a project that St. Margaret's Church had started in collaboration with Wycliffe University yes. um, to offer, you know, seminary level um, right. theology classes uh, right. in the parish because right. St. John's College uh, had closed its, right. its seminary faculty or it's like a uh, theology faculty and wasn't really offering classes anymore. So right. there was nowhere in Winnipeg for Anglicans to get theological education. So um that's how we met you and i wilson was at one of these classes on uh theological exegesis for preaching i think it was called preaching yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i came in i was i was quite young and uh thought i knew everything because i had gotten a preaching award in college uh and i did horrible in that class <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i it's uh it, actually you know um uh one of the things that um um, I think it's necessary, like, if you want to go into the priestly ministry, like, I keep discussing with my dad, what should I do? How should I do it? My father will now tell me, you know one thing? I can't tell you everything. Just allow God to lead you. If you are willing, then you get the best out of it. And I listened to this, and I followed this, and I was looked like, I'm in a different country. I'm in a different context. I need to learn the culture. I need to learn the tradition. I need to learn the ways of life and theology for all these things. And uh, so, okay, let me just start by studying. And uh, let me equip myself. That's the only way I can start. And I started that. I met you in the, that preaching class and um, thankfully it went well. And um, from there I started, I, 
went to got admission to I mean that one gave me admission to study at Wycliffe College to do my MDF and um, that particular class really helped me last year when I was doing my preaching course another preaching uh, I did a basics of preaching at Wycliffe College which was really that particular course we both did together was instrumental to the success of what I had uh, last year. So it's been good. It's been great. I mean, going from one community um, for placement, I started my field placement at my local church, um, home church at Good Shepherd Anglican Church, Winnipeg South. From there, went to um, All Saints Anglican Church downtown, uh, which... Um, Reverend Brent um, Newman, and from there, I last year when I went uh, for my uh, one year in residence at um, Wycliffe College, I did another placement at uh, High Anglican, which I love. I mean, it reminds me of it's just like when I was growing up, my dad would say, Go and ring the bag, go and light the candles, go and reach the altar, go and put the vestment in this place, go and you know, do this and that and that. Just bring all those good memories. Read the liturgy. This is where you're going to read. This is how you're going to chant. I did that one at downtown St. Mary Magdalene. We call it Smells and Bells uh, Church in downtown Toronto. Yeah. And um, another opportunity to be part of um, um, St. Thomas community here where I came uh, pitching with the food program and getting to know people better and doing some uh, other pastoral work with you. So it's been amazing, full of testimonies. And I see where what my dad said in 2007, that I should wait. If I've gone ahead, I've done things in my own way, it wouldn't have worked this well for me. Mm-hmm. But because of that trust and that faith in God, that my dad said, do it this way. Then at the end of it all, you see the results. And when I wanted to go to seminary, I was thinking how I'm going to go. And somewhere from the blue, support came from people, from the church, from the diocese, from individuals to support me and my family to just uh, go in. I remember I went to one of the offices downtown Winnipeg and when I was trying to tap into funding. And the guy said, you know one thing, we only give fund to students who are doing a very short program, but you are going to do like a year or two in the seminary, we will not be able to do this. But I have a good news for you. When you want to do your ordination, can you please come to this office and invite me? I will come. <laughs> <laughs> because he listened to my story, where I was coming from, and he saw my passion, he saw the faith, and he said he has never seen that before. And he said he has faith as, in, as, a, as an indigenous person, the person I was talking to is an indigenous person, I know that they are very rich in faith and culture and tradition. And he said, from somebody from another continent and being part of Canada, now a Canadian talking to me about this, about faith, I think I need to know more about that Jesus you're talking about. And when you want to do your ordination, please invite me, I will come. So I have already pensed the guy now anyway. So when time comes, I will let him know. So it's been a long journey and it's been very interesting. And you see people around um, showing love and affection, which makes me feel at home with them, including at St. Thomas. Anyways. (laughs) 
I was going to ask you, um, so you're spending your time at St. Thomas. Do you want to uh, tell us what you're doing here? Oh, wonderful. I want to <laughs> tell you. Yeah. Um, you know, I came to St. Thomas, um, like I would say some months ago, a few months ago, like um, early October. And um, with Ryan, you know, for our um, field, for me, it's my fit placement to fulfill my requirement for my uh, uh, learning uh, goals with uh, Wycliffe College. And it's good that uh, through the diocesan mission team put together uh, by the bishop, um, this can serve as a place for my placement. And, um, and coming to that community has been wonderful because I think I was telling some people last week when I was my, my and I was a bit nervous that I don't know how the reception would be. And, um, but when I started, like, here we go, everything started forming and everything just getting in place. And I have my learning goals. I want to be part of education and formation of the community, equipping the members and the leadership. I want to be part of that. And as well, I want to be part of, um, I want to do pastoral care to uh, connect with the people in whatever way I think I should. And there was an opening in the food uh, uh, program. And I pitched myself into that. And it has been amazing experience talking to people on phone who want to come and um, be part of the food program. They want to come every week to pick their meals, um, getting details. And sometimes people express their, like when I call them or they call and I pick the call um, every Wednesday, if I'm in church, you know, to do some preparation for the day. And some of them will say, oh, my name is this. I'm just calling. Please, we need food. So the moment I hear that, I cry in my heart. That's, wow, please, we need food. And when they say that to me, I was like, God, what should I say now? And the next thing I will say is that, well, you have called the right place and we are here to support and help you. And that has been good because it have, that this has afforded me time to have opportunity to evangelize about Christ, about our mission, about what we do. And I tell them we are church first, but we are also a community that we help other people um, in case they need anything like food. And um I've been doing this now for some time since I came. It's been good. And sometimes my mind is just there. Like, for example, this week I was in church on Tuesday. Um, and I was in church yesterday, like almost all day yesterday I was in church. I love it. I just want to be there. And um, the moment I get to church, I will just go to the altar and pray and, and, and tell God that I'm here and this is your business. It's not about me. It's about this community, about your people. Let them be blessed through the work of our hands and let them have fine favor with you. And uh, it's been good uh, being part of that. And Ryan and um, you, 
I mean, Jean, you've been part of my um, teaching committee and support group team. You've been helping as well to support me and other people, the peoples and the vicars, um, the rector's warden as well. Be, all of you have come together to help me, to support me on this journey. So it's been an amazing experience. And now I feel like I don't feel nervous anymore. <laughs> I, it's very, I mean, very so easy for me to, um, I feel very comfortable now to discuss about, um, uh, about God, about his love with the people in the community and with the parishioners. So it's been an amazing experience, and calling on them on phone as well is good, you know. And um, you know, just to check members on the online or send their emails, it's been an amazing experience and rewarding. And they, some of them will call back, some of them will, I mean, get back to me and contact me and say thank you for that, uh, for reaching out to me, and it's been good. Some of them will say, oh, we heard that um, somebody will be calling on the student from Wycliffe College who's doing his uh, internship is. We'll be calling us and we agree to have you. I may not have the time right now. We'll be connecting and all that. So it's been an amazing experience overall. It's been good. And I feel I told him now and I feel loved. You loved. Thank you. Yay, hey. we're so happy to have you guys. <laughs> and, uh, and thank you for for having me too. And um, yeah, um, maybe if I can have a final thought here. Um, I don't think I can leave Anglican. I don't think so. Uh, it's very hard for me, and it's even late for me now to leave Anglican Church. It's not because there is a special. There is maybe let me, let me put it this way. Maybe there is um, something particular that I. I don't. Um, there is something particular about it, but because of the way we have our participatory role in word and sacrament in this church. It's what is, these are the things that draw me closer and closer in my faith with God, right? We're in the midst of pandemic right now, but there is always that connection for us to share the word and sacrament remotely in the best way we can imagine. And I feel blessed with this. And I tell you, even back home, back in Nigeria, this is home anyway, <laughs> back in Nigeria, I tell people about our own faith, about our, the way we carry, we, we practice Anglicanism and our tradition here. So it's been a wonderful experience and it, it, may, it may be too late for me to say I, I want to quit Anglican Church. Besides, I will be ordained the Anglican Church of Canada in just in a matter of months now. So um, what I've been waiting for, I've been willing to do, uh, to be part of the community, I'll be able to do it and uh, be lift up that spirit to keep keep on keeping on. When I read early this year about um, 2040, um, the survey Anglican General did about 2040 by Anglican Church, it made me sad, but I said no, that... I am hopeful that all these things they're talking about Anglican Church, because we have faith, because we still keep the tradition, because we share the word and sacrament, those things will still sustain us by year 2040. And um, by the time we clock year 2030, I pray that God spares our lives till then to see the year. Then we look back and say, this is our own testimony 
in North America Church, Anglican Church of Canada. That's great. You know, I was going to ask Wilson. Um, you, you you mentioned that you'll be ordained in the in a few months. Do you have a right. date yet for your ordination? Oh, well, I don't have a date yet. Um, but I good news came early this month uh, from the um, diocesan ministry developer who contacted me and said um, the priestly ministry team. Um, will be preparing to meet me and they um, advise me to send some documents from my institution at Wicklow College. They recognize the fact that I'm in my finals and by early next year, uh, by April, I should be done. So they are like in preparation for that. They, <clears throat> they want me to just send all the materials ahead and do some some writings about my understanding about some of the things we've been talking about <clears throat> sorry about anglicanism and the tradition about um um diaconate about priesthood and all that and my understanding of the liturgy and all that so and i hope i am thinking I, i'm not sure yet i'm thinking that it might be sometime um maybe spring next year yeah I mean, should be the time for my ordination. I'm hopeful about that and still praying. I don't know a specific particular date yet, but I'm thinking it should be earlier um, to be early spring this year. That's great. Right. I, I think the the Anglican Church of Canada is very lucky to have you. I'm glad that. God... <laughs> oh, come on! I am. I feel so. I, I feel so blessed to be part of the Anglican Church of Canada because. Um, it's still related to what we're saying from the start, faith. That faith that's been working from, from childhood is still the same faith up to now. And is the, is the carryover of that, of what I listened back then, was what my dad was telling me that I said, I have to focus and I have to make sure that I wait for God. And because of that trust in God, who has been there for me to carry me all to this stage. I mean, I can give it all to him for giving me such experience to be part of Anglican Church of Canada to listen. I mean, talk about Anglican Foundation, Anglican Foundation of uh, Anglican Church of Canada. They have been supporting me and talk of the diocese, tremendous support. Our home parish will outstanding and i i got to saint uh even saint margaret where i started where i did um my uh stu my studies with you i mean sometimes they would just send me email we'll see your check is ready i mean it's 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 blessing here and there they're not making me to feel any pinch of uh uh hardship in terms of my studies and how to support my family as well and before we go i would like to sing you a song which we sing in africa all right right uh-huh so i will sing it this way i'm singing this song because when i when we started this uh podcast i mentioned about abraham and is the faith of abraham right that abraham believed in god and it was counted to him as righteousness he trusted god and because I am, I I am the seed. I am the seed of Abraham, and we are all that seed. 
through the line or through Jesus Christ, right? So I want to sing that song to you. It goes like this. Abraham's blessings are mine. Abraham's blessings are mine. I am blessed in the morning. I am blessed in the evening. Abraham's blessings are mine. Can you join me now? Abraham's blessings are mine. Hallelujah. Abraham's blessings are mine. I am blessed in the morning. I am blessed in the evening. Abraham's blessings are mine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave a review and rating on iTunes and tell your friends.